Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, energized life that totally rocks. You're listening to Straight Talking Natural Health, a no BS podcast for busy women who want to ditch the fatigue, find balance and feel great with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. You may remember today's guest from episode seven of Straight Talking Natural Health, where we talked about ADD, ADHD, and her business, The Functional Family. Two members of her household have ADHD, which in the past led to her becoming burnt out as she learned to navigate everyone else's needs which meant she was constantly putting herself last. She developed an autoimmune disease and had to embark on a long road back to recovery, learning a fair bit along the way. Sadly, this isn't an unusual scenario for mums of special needs kids. So I've got her on the show today to pick her brain about nourishing the mother and how to create a structure and lifestyle where everyone is having their needs met, mums and dads included. So please welcome to the show, the very lovely Sharon Collin. Thank you, Jules. Thank you so much. It's so great to be back on the show. It's so good to have you back on the show. Um, It's always, always wonderful chatting with you, but in particular about this topic because I've got so many freaking clients who are mums of special needs kids and they just keep on coming because I do see a lot of women with burnout and autoimmune diseases and stress-related illness. And so this is this is a huge, huge, huge issue out there, isn't it? Oh, it's such a, such a big issue and something that is really close to my heart as well. Like as you mentioned in that intro, um, I've got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and kind of over the years just got uh, smashed with one diagnosis after another and um, and I really do think it's from living with such incredible amounts of, of stress and exhaustion. Yeah. So tell us a bit about your own experience with your own family because this stuff doesn't happen overnight. It's a bit of a slow burn, isn't it? So, yeah, what's yeah. your story? Uh, so I have uh, married a wonderful man with ADHD who runs at an incredibly high intensity. We're awake and we're doing things very quickly or we're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then we went on to have three beautiful little boys and they all have ADHD and some other things as well. So um, our house runs at an intensity that would make most people cringe or rock in a corner. And um, and it's, it's incredibly fast-paced and, and, you know, can be quite fun, but it also takes its toll on, on me. And um, as the primary caregiver, um, it is, you know, there's a lot to do, obviously, with three kids, as anyone would know, but then you add some special needs in there and uh, it's, it's a lot of work. You know, it's, 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 there's a lot to be, to be done, a lot of appointments and um, a lot of meltdowns and all that sort of, uh, sort of thing. So over the years, you know, I was I think I spoke about in the last podcast, I was really focused on fixing it and trying to help the kids the, the most that I could. And we looked at all different ways that we could make, um, you know, and ease up the symptoms of ADHD. Uh, but in the process, our home life was just, you know, chaotic and uh, and really exhausting. And for me personally, it just took its toll on my body and even though like I felt quite mentally strong my body just started to fall apart and uh, one of the things that I'm most passionate about is helping mothers of special needs kids because that's the area that I feel we're really lacking and I think if we can support the mothers 
that that has a beautiful effect of being able to support the children because we know that through the work that I do that if we can help the mum feel like she's kicking some goals and support her and um, give her what she needs, then she has more energy to do all the homework that the occupational therapist gives you and to do all the work that the school wants you to do and, and to give your child more eye contact and give your child more praise and all the things that, you know, the child needs and all the extra requirements that the child needs, um, she will then have the energy to do that. Yeah. It's a really, it's a huge job, isn't it? Because when you've got kids with special needs, it's it's almost impossible to hand them off to a babysitter or, or another carer for the for the day or for the night and go and have time for yourself. Yes, and, and everything's a negotiation. So you can say, like, say for me, you know, I can, um, you know, I feel quite guilty um, giving everyone all three. Um, so I might do one here and two there or, you know, and, and what often results is that I just don't, get a break because I've always got one or two or, you know, like it's kind of sectioned off because I feel bad, um, you know, leaving the three with someone because it's a lot and I know how much work it is. Yeah. Um, so every, everything's a payoff. So say you could drop your, you know, you might might not be able to drop your child over at vacation care. You know, you might be worried about how they're going to go at vacation care. You might, you can't leave them independently. Um, maybe you can't leave them independently at, at after school activity because you're worried about how they're going to cope. You know, and you need to be there to, um, you know, to make sure that everything goes okay. But more, more than anything is actually just the mental load of it and the mental worry of, you know, and you're constantly um, looking for, pro- you know, problems and uh, problem solving all the time to think about what might happen um, so you can be there to safeguard it and make it easier for your child. So you're constantly needing to live in that sort of state of anxiety where you're looking into the future and... and- looking at what could go wrong so that you doesn't go wrong or so that you can stop it from going wrong. But that that means you're constantly in that sort of fight or flight place, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, you look at, say, one, like, say, mothers standing on the side of the road holding their child's hand, you know. There might be some mums who can just stand there next to their child and probably trust that the child's going to stay next to them. Um, But I've like say it might be different for their family but for my family I'm holding the kids hands because I can't trust that they're not going to run out in front of the car and I'm sort of that that is such a simple thing to say but that's with every situation you know like I'm constantly risk assessing what what are they going to do what are they going to do that's dangerous how can I keep them safe all the time yeah yeah you're like the OH&S person for your whole household Uh and I've got (laughs) incredibly amazing reflexes I've got to say (laughs) I I went away with some people on holidays and I knew that this little boy was going to fall off this step I just could see it out of the corner of my eye like a ninja and as he toppled my hand went out like go go gadget and I saved him and I got it and I was like and that's years of practice in that like everyone was just like whoa well like I'm not I'm not nimble by any means but I tell you I got over there and I knew it was going to happen and I, I was able <laughs> to do that risk. <laughs> Which is amazing. Like, that's amazing. But what does that do to a person's nervous system, do you reckon? Terrible, terrible adrenals. That's what happens, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when did you start to realise that something was not quite right with you? Like, how old were the kids? Uh, I, think, I think with each pregnancy, it's gotten um, so I've sort of had symptoms 
um, sort of throughout my life that I was able to put down to sort of migraines and back pain and things like that. Um, but each pregnancy, it got consistently worse um, until the last pregnancy with Harvey. After I came out of hospital, all the skin peeled off my hands and then I de- developed psoriasis and um, then cirrhotic arthritis and then uh, pedental neuralgia and all these like just one after the other, just incredible um, uh, diagnosis after diagnosis. And it really was, you know, my body giving, like I ignored warning signs for so long um, and, you know, always put my child's need first, which is what, you know, mothers tend to do and uh, really made sure it was good for them. But, you know, obviously not taking enough care of myself as well, putting myself first, which is what what I'm very passionate about getting the mums in my community to do now because I'd love to say when I when I did a webinar the other day um, when I put in it that I had an autoimmune disease the chat box lit up <laughs> it was like I don't know so many people like 50% of the community were like oh my gosh I have that too um, and so it, it really highlighted to me that this is not just me that has this issue. This is a lot of people in my community and um, I really wanted to make sure that we can help them and, and, and safeguard our health because we're not here to look after our kids. Like there's no one, you know, <laughs> there's no one coming to save this, like to save us. We've got to be there. Yeah, that's the really scary bit. It, it, because some autoimmune diseases, as you well know, like can floor you. And if you're bedridden or if you're not able to do stuff, like who's going to step in? Exactly, exactly. And that's that's why this has to be a priority for us. Like we, I know we all get the word self-care, right, and in, inwardly <laughs> I don't have time for that. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> but we have to have time for it um, because... If we don't, if we don't, like I think I've heard you even mention before, like if you don't listen to your body's warning signs, it's going to thump you. Like it's going to, yep. um, you know, you've, you've got to listen to the little whispers first before it starts yelling. Yeah. Do you think anyone actually starts looking after themselves before their body thumps them though? <laughs> like anyone, anyone? Yeah, that's, that is that is a very good point. Well, I would say maybe just if they just start at the whispers, that would be good. You know? so, so what do you reckon the whispers are for a lot of people? Uh, I'd say, well, look, I think fatigue is one of them um, for sure, especially for the women in my community. There's a lot of fatigue. Um, food intolerances, you know, taking you know, taking notice of those sorts of digestive issues and things like that. Um, Weird skin stuff. There's a lot of weird skin stuff and headaches and, you know, and that the start of those is when they really need to start, you know, talking to a Jules, you know, and, and, and and just exploring, you know, those, those possibilities that, you know, to, to maintain their health, but it's, it's more than, than just symptoms as well. It's about, you know, only now have I become quite good at scheduling in time for myself. Um, and I wanted to touch a little bit on mum guilt, right? Because this mm-hmm. is something. That, let's have a. I, I can always. I'm always that one wine away from a rant about mum guilt. But um, I think <laughs> I think it's 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 just so 
uh, such a big thing in in um, our communities, and it's just so yuck. It's so yuck. And I see women beat themselves up about, you know, they might get angry at a situation or they might yell at their kids and then they beat themselves up about it for days. And what I really try and do with um, with the people in my community is to see those moments where you're not the greatest parent or see those moments where you think, oh, God, I really just didn't handle that very well, not as a judgment on yourself but rather as a red flag that you need to up your self-care game. So I know that I only can't handle the intensity at which my boys throw when I am at, like that doesn't happen overnight. That's a threshold that slowly gets, you know, it's like it's something that keeps building um, and then it gets to a point where I can't handle it anymore. So I try really actively to not let it get to the bit where I'm losing my, losing my bananas, you know. <laughs> So it's about keeping that bit down, keeping that threshold down. And so seeing those moments where you're, you know, getting angry as not as a judgment, but actually as a thing of, okay, this is my little thing that I need to take some time out for myself. You know, this is my thing that I'm, get, I'm getting burnt out. So this is the time where I need to, um, you know, I need to get someone in so I can go for a walk. I need to get someone in so I can do a 10-minute meditation. I need to put, the, you know, I need to get up a little bit earlier and have some time with myself before the kids get up and start coming at me um, and all those little things like it doesn't have to be a grand gesture like a weekend away or those those things are fabulous but those little snippets of peace throughout the day actually add up to you know like a, a lower a lower threat you know a lower lower explosion rate I'm going to say <laughs> um, so that you don't have to get to those bits where you're like oh my god I hate my kids and I hate my life and I'm going to send them all to boarding school and I'm going to run away and I'm going to live in the hinterlands of Byron Bay and you know We've all thought about it. Um, but, but um, you know, just trying to keep our levels down and seeing it like that rather than, you know, when you explode, making it a big guilt fest because that's mum guilt doesn't benefit anyone. It doesn't benefit our kids. It just makes us feel crap and just makes us get sicker. And it's really, it's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a nothing. Like it doesn't actually achieve anything. Um, and, you know, it's, we're the ones that are there advocating and fighting for the kids and we're, we're all that they've got really. Um, so we're doing, we're doing the best we can. And um, that's why I love giving women the tools to, you know, have a happier, functional, fun life with, with kids. Mm. Yeah. So if someone's like right in the thick of it, like right in the thick of it, where can they start to start? start to practice some self-care like I'm sure that for a lot of people they just feel like they're standing at the start line of a marathon and it's like it's just overwhelming how to carve out some time and then what to do with that time mm. I mean I guess uh looking at experimenting like it doesn't have to be some great exercise regime or anything like that but experimenting actually where in the day that you smile and where in the day that you laugh and where in the day that you have some peace and kind of gravitating towards those things. Um, so, for example, um, how, I, how I do it, and, um, you know, this might not be read, right for everyone, but they can uh, have a look at what is right for them, um, is I actually get up a little bit earlier than my kids. And my kids get up early, but I still get up a little bit earlier. And, and some days I go for a walk 
um, because my husband leaves for work very early, but I go for a walk in the dark. I kind of like it. I listen to my audio books and I just have a moment. Um, and other days I just go and I sit on the balcony with a coffee and I do a 10-minute meditation and I just write down what I want to do. Or I might write a, I don't know, I might do a little bit of work or I might just sit there and journal things that I'm thinking. And that starting the day on the, um, you know, like not not with fighting <laughs> or you yeah. know, starting the days without someone asking something of me actually makes the whole day better. Um, so I'm trying to play, um, you know, like trying to play a long game in terms of starting the day the way that I wish that it would go on and, you know, that, it, that it's not so, no, not so in your face. Um, so definitely that morning time, just even if it's a little bit of time, trying to carve that out so I can have a little bit of time for myself. And then, you know, if, you're, if your child has, if you have ch- access to, you know, school time or babysitters or daycare or any of that time, actually booking in in the calendar, like trying to be a little bit selfish. I don't think there's many dads out there that feel guilty about going for a walk or, you know, that's a different <laughs> walk, um, about looking after themselves. But mums beat themselves up about it. Um, so trying to schedule in time for themselves. You know, like whether it's going for a walk or just meeting a friend or calling a friend on the phone and having a laugh, you know, all of those things are things that I know for myself that make me happy. Um, doing, I do a um, breathwork class on Thursday evenings after the kids have gone to bed. Uh, lots, of, lots of little things. Like it's, it's not big gestures. They're just lots of little things that I find that has helped me space it out through the day and be more resilient for when the storm comes um, because I know that those things make everything just a little bit calmer for me. And I know this has come up a few times in, in other interviews I've done in on this podcast when we're talking about self-care and meditation and those sorts of things where it, it's been agreed that you're better off having a shorter amount of time every day than having one big break once a week. So it's like, well, would you rather, are you better off meditating for an hour on a Sunday or 10 minutes every day? And the answer is 10 minutes every day. Yes. And I mean, this is the, this is the thing, like we, we're all in survival mode, you know, um, parents in general, like we're just, I'm going to be happy when I'm going to be, I'm going to, things are going to calm down when my child can do this. Things are going to calm down when, you know, he doesn't have a meltdown about that. And, you know, and we're all, we're always going to, going to be in the future um but the thing is that new levels new devils right yes (laughs) um so we may as well look after ourselves and be happy now because we don't know what's around the corner you know and um i think that burning ourselves out now for for the sake of some mystical time in the future where all the stars are going to align um spoiler alert they don't (laughs) (laughs) um there is something that i did want to touch on and um that i think that might be helpful for some of the families that you know are feeling like you know how i do um is to have a, a to make a very conscientious effort to have a family meeting. I'm bringing back the family meeting. Okay? Whoa, whoa, bringing it back. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy like that. No, I've got a template on my blog, um, a family meeting, a family meeting document, which is how I structure my family meetings, and it has a few benefits. And it's not not only does it 
um, make the child feel included and know and very good for the ADHD brain to know what's coming up in the week and mm. have input and you can raise um, issues um, and then all collectively problem solve, which is very, very good for these beautiful kids. Um, but also it has the beautiful advantage of if you have a partner or you have older children, use that opportunity to share some of the load. Um, often um, as busy parents, we just don't communicate with the other people in our family about what has to happen. And sometimes it's better to let to write it all out on a whiteboard. Like this is what we're doing on Tuesday. You know, we've got three different activities. Who's taking Johnny to soccer there? Who's taking blah, 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 you know, um, to actually communicate the logistics of things so that you can spread it out a little bit more evenly and you can address any gaps um, then and there on the Sunday night rather than on the day of. Um, so you might be able to ask someone else to take so-and-so and, you know, like triage your calendar at that point. Mm. Um, so it, it has the benefit of getting people not only knowing what, what the whole family is doing but actually sharing the load a little bit. And that's something that I, that I really do like about the family meeting because I think that, you know, sometimes we don't communicate it very well and I want um, it to be a bit more even in distribution sometimes that can help facilitate that. Yeah. I was having a little a little giggle, which is a bit naughty, but I was having a little chuckle to myself when you said you have a family meeting in your house because uh, I've met your family <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just trying to imagine you getting all of those boys, husband included, to all sit still long enough to have the family meeting. It would be like playing <laughs> whack-a-mole. Yeah, no, we try and do it when they're eating something that they really like. So uh-huh. Ah, the see, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, these are the ninja tips that we need to know. <laughs> and uh, the, other, the other thing that I thought of that I really wanted to mention here, it's a little bit off topic, um, is that something that I've found really rewarding and I thought it, it would be um, worthwhile to mention for mums of special needs kids or mums of kids with challenging behaviours is um, something that I've started doing that I really, really enjoy is I've started taking my kids individually on dates. And and I I really like that because in in that date, I just make it, it's not grand. It's like we go up to the shop for, for, I don't know, you buy a milkshake or whatever, we go to a park. You know, it's not not this big, big thing. It's just a, a couple of hours spent with the child independently because sometimes the other siblings can feel the brunt of the child with special needs or, um, you know, my boys are, say, the three of them together is a lot, but independently they're really delightful. Um, So I use that that date to really wonder at the child and they can pretty much do no wrong on that date. I I don't look at my phone. I just talk to them and listen to everything they have to say and really try and fill that cup for them um so that they uh you know they know that they're adored you know it's not always me just going come on get in the car like it's shoes on shoes on it's it's really a nice time (laughs) um and that's actually made me feel really good too because I can spend that time that one-on-one time with the boys and just marvel at them like um you know when it was one-on-one it's so easy to to adore them you know because it's not competing there's not multiple people coming um, you know, talking at the same time, I can just listen to all their crazy things that they say, and they're hilarious. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, it's it's it makes it a really enjoyable time for both people, and it gives me that connection. You know, back rather than being a logistical um, officer, I'm then becoming that sort of really lovely, um, cuddly mum. You know, because it's it's just not as intense. I mean, it might not be the same for every family, but 
um, for, for us, it's really added a lot of value. Yeah, and I bet you get little nuggets back from them that they wouldn't normally tell you if the other kids were around. Exactly. And I get to learn a bit more about what they are because when they're together, they actually copy each other a lot. Mm. So, you know, when, when it's independent, I hear things like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing, you know, and I give lots of praise and lots of eye contact and lots of, um, you know, cuddles and things like that. And, I mean, that's not to say that I don't do that other times as well. <laughs> of course I do, but that time is just specifically the boys look forward to it. We actually mark it out in a calendar saying, like, this is Ashy's day. Um, you know, not, it's not a whole day, it's just a couple of hours, but, you know, this is his time and he gets to have a think about what he might like to do during that time with me and um, it's just it's just been a really special thing to do. So I know it's hard for, for some families, but if it's if it's something that you can swing, I'd, I'd definitely um, give that a go too. Yeah, it's like bringing the magic back into the relationship. Mm, yeah. yeah, and uh, I mean sometimes, um, you know, as a mum, I think, something that I've kind of realised is that we're our own people with our own thoughts and our own passion and our own, you know, our own dreams and everything like that. And we, even though we're doing this amazing thing and raising these beautiful kids that deserve so much attention and love and, and everything that's great in the world, we we also deserve that. And, um, and we also, you know, deserve to honour that we're an independent person. Like we're more than just mothers and um, and just mothers, I say that very light, you know, <laughs> very in jest, but we're more than mothers. We're, we're our own independent person with beautiful thoughts and feelings and we need to have our own stories and, and our own things to treasure too. Yeah, so, do, do you yeah. remember the time that you actually started believing that? Because like it's... Like where did you have to be in order to actually hit that rock bottom and then go, all right, no, I do need to put myself first now? I don't think I would have got there had I not had chronic pain. I think I think um, some of my condition has actually made me a more <laughs> well-rounded person. Um, I think I do heat a lot better at empathy these days and a lot better at um, using my time valuably and um, not wasting energy on things that aren't important to me. Um, and, and I don't know, I just think that it's made me have those realisations that, that um, also I, I know um, that if I can look after myself better, then I, how the, the quality that I give to my children is, is a lot better, you know. So it, ha- it has a flow-on effect and that's such a big part of the course that I do that, you know, um, you know, really giving parents the skills so that that has the flow-on effect to the, to the child um, because it really does. Like I can tell you if I'm having a rubbish day and I'm feeling terrible at everything, I'm not praising my kids and I'm not saying <laughs> anything. Nothing nice is coming out of my mouth, like, <laughs> you know. And so if I feel good within myself, then I have the capacity to be there and do the things at once. So I've got to give myself that grace and give myself the capacity to do that because, you know, their demands are high. Um, so I have to look after myself first. Yeah. Mm. Uh, how did you learn about asking for help? Can, are you any good at it now? Uh, and and how how can women in these situations, like I said, do they feel like they're, they're running a marathon? How, how do you 
what can you do? Like, <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> I think where the strength comes in is in being organised about it. So um, if you can keep, if you schedule yourself in and you have a pretty planned calendar and occasionally, you know, life will throw you a curveball and you won't get, get it done or whatever, but if you can schedule it in, then you give people the opportunity to, you know, you might be able to ask, you know, for assistance and you can give people very clear times like, you know, it's can you help me from this time to this time or, you know, if, if you've got it organised, I think you're in a better position than on the fly. I think people, you know, if you can make plans, I think it's easier. Um, but also um, accepting help when it's offered. So, you know, you might get a mum at soccer training who goes, do you want me to drive so-and-so to t- God, yes. Say yes. yes. Don't, no one, you, you know, martyrs are, yeah, they're just, I find it's just so, you know, oh, it's okay, I'll do it. You know, I'm like, all right, no, just say yes. Say yes. What you've got to do is hard enough. Say yes. Um, people like to help. And I think one of the biggest things is um, we tell, we've got to tell other people about our child's condition. So a lot of the time, say with ADHD, people actually have a really terrible understanding about what that is. I, I, what I've come across is people don't actually know what it is or how, how um, you know, it plays into different areas of their lives. They think it's a school concentration issue. Yeah, but yeah. Really try and talk to whatever your child's condition is, talk, educate people about what it is and then be really clear. Oh, I hate it when people keep it a secret, by the way, because... Everyone, everyone's going to know eventually, but um, but to talk, <laughs> talk to people about what your child's condition is, and be really clear about ways they can support you and your child. Often people want to help, but they just don't know what to do, and they think it might be a bit insulting to ask. So if you can be really clear, like you say, you know, Xavier's got ADHD. Sometimes he struggles with this, this, and this. You know, um, can you know if you, if you ever felt it was appropriate, maybe you could help with blah blah blah, or help him make friends by seeing this. And you know, if, the things that if you if you're specific about things they can do and give very specific examples, most people are really happy to help. They just don't know. They don't know how to help, and they don't know which bits are insulting and which bits um, might offend you. Um, so being clear about what number one, what the condition is, and then ways that you can be supported or your child can be supported can be really can be a really handy tool. Yeah, and it, I think I think there's still a lot of discomfort around asking people. Like even they're like, oh, do I say if I'm going to approach that person and see if they need help, do I say special needs or do I say different needs or do I say something about like, what do I say? I don't want to, ins-. and you're right. Like so many people are scared of insulting uh, the person. And and like I was at a conference recently called NADEX and uh, Carly Finlay, who's a uh, disability and appearance activist, uh, was one of the speakers. And mm. she was like, just use the word disabled like when she was talking about people with a disability and she rolled through all the different things that people try and say instead of using the word disabled they're like differently abled or this or that and she's like just say disabled I'm okay with that and and then you can open up the conversation 
and and get that that communication happening and so I think there is a there's a, that real tentative kind of oh how do I broach this subject with someone like what do I say I'm going to have to point out that they might be struggling am I going to insult them mm. yeah I, I mean we could we could absolutely um you know do ourselves the biggest injustice by trying to be super PC about all of this stuff I mean I, I did see on my thing one time some I wrote ADHD kids and someone wrote, oh, they're children with ADHD. And, of course, that's the case, right? But the scariest thing for me, I'm less worried about words and more worried about people not talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I don't mind what people say. I don't mind how they phrase it. But the most important thing for me is that people are talking about ADHD mm. because... I know that the more people that talk about it, the more people that get aware and, you know, like and the more people that understand it and, you know, might be a bit more um, supportive and, and sympathetic towards some of the behaviours and things like that. So I'm, I'm less worried about the word, like yeah, the words unless they're incredibly inflammatory, but more, more about that we're having the conversation. Like that's actually the nicest thing. And, you know, like say yesterday we had, we don't go into grocery shops very often they're not a time where any of anyone in my family shines um, <laughs> but we, we had to run in and get a few things for Harvey's birthday and um, it was it, it should have been filmed for a documentary that's that's all I'm going to say about it um, someone needed to, to witness it and we had chips there like exploded chip packets and milk on the floor and it was just some sort of, it was just, a, it was a special time for everyone. And, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, I just, uh, I, I, what, what a lady did as she walked past is she actually just smiled at me and said, is there anything I can do to help? Oh and, I, and I thought, oh, you beautiful person. And I, of course, you know, the, the martyr in me said, oh, no, it's okay. We got out of there. Um, but <laughs> But how lovely. And that was a perfect example of what to do. You see a child having a meltdown. The mum's looking frustrated. It's all going on. And just a smile is okay, you know, like, or if you feel comfortable just saying, is there anything I can do to help? Mm. But that's, that's enough. And, you know, of course, the, the kids were fine. Everyone was fine. <laughs> it's just yeah. they don't like supermarkets. The packet um, of chips wasn't fine. Yeah, the milk wasn't fine. <laughs> but you know what? I, I know better and I know to um, that's a predictable problem and as we talked about in the in, in we talk about in my course a lot, we we know about predictable problems, and mm. so you know I avoid you know we avoid them, and we or we have strategies in place to to make sure that those things don't happen regularly. Um, but occasionally life happens, and we've got to just you know wear wear those sorts of incidences. And uh, a kind smile, you know, really just made me feel quite good about it. Instead of getting those judgy like oh my god eyes from people like control your child um (laughs) (laughs) which are obviously very helpful Um, Mm, so helpful oh i didn't realize there was a button that i could do that yes do you want to have a go here like by all means but you have a go have a go i'll I'll go and have a coffee you you can take over you can can do this that's great thank you for offering (laughs) um it's like every time someone offers to give my child red cordial like as a joke <gasps> I'm like, that's, thank you for offering to babysit thank you thank mm-hmm. you I didn't you didn't realize you were offering to babysit great you can have them that's fine <laughs> oh, um, yeah. 
So yeah, there's, there's so much we can do, but I mean, most of it comes back to really just placing a bit of importance on ourselves and the job that we do every day. Like it's, it's incredible. Like I listen to the stories of the mums in my community and I think, gosh, you are amazing. Like we should be handing out certificates, not judgments. Like we should be, you know, pushing these women to the forefront of everything because they're doing incredible jobs under really intense circumstances, often without a lot of support and without funding, you know, without any government funding. I know um, ADHD doesn't qualify um, on its own. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's really amazing some of the things that people are doing, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's quite common, you know, statistically there's, you know, most, a lot of kids have special needs and things like that. So we've got to, we've got to look after these mums. Yeah, and you look after a lot of mums who've uh, got kids on the spectrum as well, right? Yes, yes, that's right, that's right. And it's, you know, it, it can be a tough gig and we need to make sure that, that they're taken care of because they're doing amazing things every day and, um, you know, the, the love and the strength that they show for their kids, you know, and the resilience that they, you know, that they, they bounce back. And, and it's the negative feedback from the world too. And you, you think it's not... It's it's not um, what I say is it's death by a thousand cuts. So, mm. for example, I you know you go to school and the teacher says, "Can you just come in here for a minute? We haven't had a very good day. Like we can." And so that kind of is one little cut. And then you go to the sports, uh, the after school sports, and can you just come here for a minute? Like he's just pushed so and so, so you know, and that's another cut. And then you go to the supermarket, and you know there's a, there's a meltdown situation. And you get another cut, and then. You know, like it's, it's death by a thousand cuts. It's, it's all those little things that are kind of meant well, um, but all that negative feedback slowly adds up. And in the end, it can be quite isolating and, um, and overwhelming. for. And you would feel so judged because everyone's bringing you their feedback and they're being really nice about it, but you would feel so judged. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice feedback and it's certainly meant well um, and on its own is neither here nor there, but it's, it's when it's all day every day. <laughs> you just, yeah. you know, no one's coming up and going, I'm just letting you know you're doing an amazing job. And, you know, like it's, you know, you don't often hear that. Um, so well, that's shit, why. we need to change that. But exactly. These women are doing an amazing job. They're right. doing incredible right. If you're listening to this show right now and you know a mum who's got special needs kids or kids with extra needs and you spot them out there tomorrow Go up and tell them they're doing a fucking amazing job. Yes. Done. Yep. Good. Yep. <laughs> and then keep doing it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, Seriously. Just that, just that balancing out that negative, you know, that negative feedback with something nice is great. You know? Yeah. Or, or, and please don't say your child doesn't look like they have blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, you'd never know. <laughs> You've done a really good job of masking it. <laughs> not helpful? No, not helpful. Not helpful. All right, crossing that off the list. Yeah, but that, that's that. But see, yeah, pe- people, are, they mean well, don't they? They mean yeah. well. And, I, and once again, you know, it's, le- it's less about, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I just want uh, for, for mums themselves to, you know, let's worry about what other people think and what other people say. Let's let's worry about our own. Let's you know worry about our own circus and our own monkeys and and um, and look after ourselves. Um, and I think for a long time, um, you know, particularly at the beginning of my journey, you know, twelve years ago or whatever, 
I was actually waiting for someone to come in and save us. <laughs> you know, like I was waiting for someone to come in and fix this. I couldn't believe that um, that I was, you know, qualified to handle what what was going on in my house. Um, and you know, it's it's better now that there's a lot of a lot more support and a lot more knowledge, um, you know, coming up so that the parents can be empowered and um, and and help themselves and help their own family as well. Yeah. And I love, I love all those things that you've come up with, like, like the family meeting and going on the single dates and like, those are things that, that people don't necessarily think of. And you're just kind of placing these simple concepts and just popping them back in front of people going, no, try this, this will help. Yeah. They're just little things. I don't, I think when we think of, I think it's human nature, right? To think when we think change, we think dramatic change and we think, grand gestures and you know all that sort of stuff but actually real change happens through lots of little changes and just doing them sustainably like just doing little things often consistently Uh, yeah consistently that's right that's the word I'm after and so (laughs) you know just doing those things consistently little little changes Mm. um and that that's where you know the good quality of life comes in because you know I can tell you right now I wouldn't I wouldn't um, say no to, you know, seven days at Guingana and I'm sure I would feel fabulous coming out of it. But what would probably be better for me is having an hour of Guingana every day. <laughs> so, mm. You know, like it's, I think that would be better for my, you know, for that threshold that we're talking about and, you know, staying calmer. Absolutely, because otherwise you get this build up, build up, build up, build up, and then when you do have one pamper day or one massage day or one day to yourself, like it's like you're letting off the steam valve. But like, what was your body doing in terms of its inflammation and its stress hormones and nervous system mm. while that build up was happening, where you didn't let off steam throughout that time? Like that's why I think a little bit every day is so much more effective than one big thing every yeah. now and again. Yeah. And, I mean, things don't have to cost, like, big money and they don't have to be big time and that there's two things that usually people in my community are a little bit short of, you know. So mm. they can be little little things, just little yeah. things often. And um, I, think, I think it's important to treat ourselves with grace. Like I often, you know, talk about negative self-talk and things like that and I know it's a bit cheesy but if you catch yourself berating yourself about, you know, and being a bit down on yourself, you think, gosh, would I ever say that to my best friend? Would I ever talk that way to my best friend? And if, if the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't be saying it to yourself either. <laughs> yeah. We've got, we've got to be kinder to ourselves because we're doing something that's actually really challenging. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like everything that you've been saying to me, I've been writing down little words here and there. I reckon you could put them into like this vicious cycle, little flow charty thing where it's like, you know, negative self-talk, feeling shame and embarrassment, feeling not worthy, you know, all the mum guilt, then not accepting help when it's being offered to you, not asking for help, not scheduling in any help, and then having it all fall apart and then when it all falls apart, feeling more shame and more guilt and more failure, mm. so then not asking for help and it just keeps going round and round. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, it's that, that's, that's unfortunately the reality for, for a lot of mums, even if they don't have special needs kids, that's, a, that's the reality, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really worthwhile discussion that we're having today and I hope, 
I hope um, that it resonates because I would love to, you know, like just for people to acknowledge that what, what we're doing is hard and, um, you know, for those mums that have special needs kids to treat themselves with a bit of grace and, and if someone if someone offers to help, take it and don't, definitely don't feel guilty about it. Just enjoy, <laughs> enjoy yeah. the time. Yeah, you know? try, try and do it before shit falls apart. Just yeah. maybe that might be before chronic pain. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's great. Great hindsight is a brilliant thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's I, I feel like we have like this symbiotic relationship because you send people to me and I send people to you professionally because it's like when they come to me, they're usually burned out, got chronic fatigue or some sort of autoimmune condition or some sort of like chronic health issue. Mm. And I look at their life situation and I'm like, okay, if if you were doing something that was causing you to be unwell that I could change for you or I could ask you to change, it'd be like, okay. So you're smoking, right? You need to quit that. Or if you're, you know, if you're not exercising, like we can fix that. Or if you're working 60 hours a week, we need to change that. But it's very, I've, I've always, I've always seen when you, when you see these people come to you and they're in the throes of it all, you can't take away the thing mm. that is causing the stress because mm. They're like we've we've got this family situation. People are in survival mode. Uh, the parents are stressed. The siblings are stressed. Like it, it's a it's a really full on situation, and we can't take it away. So when we can't take it away, like I say to these people, usually women, like I'm happy to prop you up on these herbs and supplements. And normally I don't prop people up. I get them to change their lifestyle. I get them to change their diet. I get them to change everything, but I can ex- I accept and I can re- recognize that I can't change this for you. You can't change this for you. And so I'm going to prop you up on these herbs and these supplements to keep you going to hopefully build some resilience to, you know, some anti-inflammatories to keep some of this other stuff at bay. But then you need to go and see my friend Sharon. <laughs> She's got this program and, and but but yeah, it's that. That's why I'm really grateful for what you do because, like, I I've never had anywhere that I could send people for help, and and that I think that's really important. Uh, what you do because, like, it does help to actually start to change the level of stress in the household. Yeah, I mean, what 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 I really love is um, is number one that you're there to support women and also to you know i say women but you know yeah hello blokes uh, we know you're out there (laughs) i say women i've only ever had mums come through the course you know no (laughs) i don't um, know why but i'm sure that there's some guys out there too but but uh it's it's so it's so lovely and i really enjoy giving um people the skills to make their lives a little bit easier you know and i think it it resonates um with people because I'm living it every day too. Like I think if someone gets another homework, another bit of homework from someone who doesn't have the special needs kids, you know, they'll scream, you know. Like I, I think uh, it resonates because they can, they know that I'm living it. I've tried and tested it on my own family as well. And yep. I can tell you that we have a pretty great life. You know, I know I've, I've focused a lot about what's tough today, um, but, you know, there's a lot of laughter and a lot of love and a lot of joy and there's a lot of wonder in, in, in my family too. And I don't think I would have seen it 
And I don't think I would have appreciated it have I just, had I just been always so exhausted. Yeah. You know, I don't think I could have got there to actually that point where I realised how lucky I am um, without looking up, like getting myself, you know, under control and getting the systems that we've got in place and, you know, all the organisational systems in place. I don't think I could have got there um, to to really appreciate them uh, without yeah. that. Yeah. And without, a, you know, all my vitamin Bs and all the things that I need to <laughs> <laughs> operate of well. magnesium. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, of, all of the things that I need, you know. It's, well, it's actually very important what you do because without good sleep, and without, you know, like all of those things that start to suffer at that beginning of that journey, um, you know, they're all those little red flags as well. You know, you get sleep and then you, you know, you're, you're tired and then your body gets, like it all adds to it. So we've yep. got, you know, it's just, it's just a good take care of yourself message. Look after yourself first, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Good sleep. If you're not sleeping, you're not repairing and healing. End of. Exactly. End of. Yeah. Exactly. All right, my love. Well, can you please let people know where they can find you, how they can join your community, how they connect with you? Because like I said, uh, what you do is really bloody amazing. Uh, it's quite rare. And uh, I know that there will be people listening who will be like, holy crap, these are my people. <laughs> yes, it's quite a beautiful tribe, I've got to say. So the, the name of the company is The Functional Family and you can Google us and uh, at the uh, Instagram is at The Functional Family, so is the Facebook. Um, and we've got a functional family group, a free group that is quite strong and people can post questions and it's a really lovely safe space. Um, the, I've got a course called um, Living with ADHD Kids. Um, it's good for anyone with kids with behavioural challenges um, and it helps them calm the home environment and give kids the skills and give all the organisational strategies and all the things that they need to have a beautiful, fun, functional life with these beautiful kids. So uh, that's the six-week course. We open up again on the 20th of April and uh, open up a few times a year and uh, there's free webinars and lots of free blogs and podcasts and all that sort of stuff that's on the website already there to support these beautiful families that are going through these things and doing amazing things with it. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much. And I'm so glad that you've gotten to a place where you can do all these things for yourself so that now you can teach them to other people because it's so, so bloody needed out there in the world. Thanks, Sharon. Oh, thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to Straight Talking Natural Health. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, head over to my website at julesgalloway.com. There's a free quiz on there to see if you're at risk of burnout. I also have an amazing ebook called Heal Your Adrenals, which is a must for any woman with adrenal dysfunction, aka adrenal fatigue. When I'm not podcasting, I'm seeing clients all over the world via Zoom. I love working with fatigue, thyroid issues, autoimmunity, pyrrole disorder, mold illness and complex cases to name just a few. So why not book in and let's work together? All of this and more is available right now over at julesgalloway.com. That's all from me for the time being. I look forward to diving in with you again in the next episode. Bye for now.
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.